0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 401 of the Stable Scoop radio show by Horselovers.com. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible.
0: Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com, Uncle Jimmy's Innovation Products. Well, this week, we have a lot of fun things for you. We have a book review from an auditor. One of our auditors, Misty, is going to review the book, A Journey to Softness. And then, all the way from Sweden, Stockholm, Sweden, we have uh, one of our listeners named Sarah Holm, who's going to stop by and talk a little Arabian, a little Sweden, and uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to an international week of the listener. And then we're going to round out the day with Dr. Tucker. Now, Dr. Tucker is a... uh, country renowned dentist and we've had him on our show years ago I don't know if you remember that Helena but oh, how can I forget yeah you can't forget Dr. Tucker he's yeah. no power tools he believes in doing it the old fashioned way by, hand, by yeah. hand and he stopped by last week to do our horses so I had a chance to get him in the studio here and do a quick interview with him and he has a book out too so we'll talk about that all coming up on today's show
2: Bring you the news through hell, hot water while using their tails as a own fly spotters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause It's time again for stable school. Stable school. Stable school.
1: Stable school.
0: I am Glenda Geek.
1: And I'm Helena B. and you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Howdy, Helena. I am such a happy girl. Why? What happened? I'm just feeling grateful. Uh, Yeah, you are. You're you're very up today. But really, it's because I groomed my horse yesterday. (laughs) I actually thought
0: it was because for your new show, it appears you get to go out to swanky restaurants every week and have fun.
1: I get to go out to swanky restaurants every week and have fun. We're taking a sailing lesson. Yes. Yeah, it I mean, is this new shows opening fun. up
0: doors of things you never thought you'd do.
1: Well, I'm a little torn between, you know, I'm constantly drawing parallels between horse people and boat people. And now I'm like, oh, geez, I'm going to have to give up a trail ride so I can go learn how to sail. What's going to happen? <laughs> My horses are not going to be happy. Oh,
0: you better hope Buck doesn't get into sailing or you'll never see him again. He'll be out there on the water. Oh,
1: I know. <laughs> well, I'll just have to figure out some way to like squeeze in a ride in the morning, head over to Newport, take a quick sail. I
0: don't know. Now, you do they have a golf? They must have golf courses in Newport, too, right?
1: They do have a couple of golf courses in Newport, you and actually, golf
0: for years, didn't you?
1: I did. My dad was a just an amazing golfer his entire life. My grandfather, it, golf goes way back in our family, and Buck's a golfer too. So, um, mm. we'll probably hit the links a couple of times. I see some
0: golf reviews in the making.
1: Yeah. Well, yesterday, you know, on Sundays, like in the winter, in the fall and winter, everybody has football on and, you know, families are kind of doing their thing and the football's on in the background. Well, we also, we have golf on Sundays on TV. <laughs> you we, like we, taking
0: naps? Is that We it? very,
1: <laughs> very rarely put a television on. We don't watch TV. But on Sundays, there's some kind of, you know, wide, wide world of sports that are on when we're stuck in the house. So Grace yesterday was sitting on the couch and she was actually watching golf what's wrong with that
3: child
1: (laughs) watching it i know and then she's like mom what's par what's a bogey what's and i was like oh (laughs) my god got her hooked (laughs) get me excited here (laughs) yeah so who that newport show will open up a lot of opportunities um but it's you know yeah it's fun and buck and i get to do it together there's a lot of love and romance do you remember the show the love boat
0: yes uh how could you forget the love boat when you're our age
1: Okay, so that Newport show is going to be our new podcasting version of The Love Bar.
0: Are you, what's her name, Julie? Are you the cruise director? Julie, Julie McCoy. The oh, you remember her last name? I didn't
1: remember Julie McCoy. her last name, dude. I grew up with like Charlie's <laughs> Angels, the Love, Love Boat, Fantasy Boat, Island. Always Fantasy came on Island. immediately
0: after the Love Boat. It was Love yep. Boat and then Fantasy Island. Yes. Wonder
1: Woman. That Plane, was my TV. Was awesome. Yes, yes. Hervé Villechaize. I clearly, I was a child of a, a TV child. So, if you think of that Newport show, it's like a modern day version of the Love Boat.
0: Uh, and it's your- uh, I gotta tell you the production value is increasing. If you haven't had a chance to least listen every week, you guys are it, you're as any show does it like ours it develops and grows and gets more refined and I can see that every week when I listen to it. So Oh good. It really good is. good
1: good. We're trying. You're a good teacher.
0: It really is. You're doing a good job. All right, well, we got a show to get to. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today. And right after this word from our title sponsor at Horselovers.com, we are going to have a book review by one of our auditors. One of the cool things about being an auditor is you get to... Review the many books that we get in. We uh, Trafalgar Square and a couple of the other publishers send us books for review, and we send them out to auditors, and then they come on the shows, and they review them for us. Well, auditor Misty West, who we had on as for for the uh, your listener, Misty was on with us a few weeks ago. Actually, uh, did a book called the journey, a journey to softness by Mark Rashid. Is it Rashid? Rashid. Uh, Rashid. Rashid. Something like that. I have a couple of his books. Oh, okay, cool. Well, she's going to review that. Jennifer did this one, so I don't even know what she said. So let's take a listen, and we'll be back. We all get in a rut when it comes to shopping for horse supplies online. If you have not tried Horselovers.com yet, then you are missing out on one of the world's largest online tack shops and all the best brands like Noble Outfitters, Ariat, Turn 2, Tough One, Professionals Choice, Weaver, and many, many more. Use coupon code HRN at checkout to receive 10% off your order. That's coupon code HRN, stands for Horse Radio Network, at checkout to get 10% off your entire order. The coupon expires April 30th, so get on over to Horselovers.com today and save on all your riding needs.
4: And I'm so happy that I'm being joined by... Misty West, one of our faithful auditors, and she's going to do a book review for us today. Greetings, Misty. Hi, how are you today? I'm doing just fabulous. So uh, you, what book are you going to read or, or read? What book are you going to review for us today?
5: <laughs> I'm going to review A Journey to Softness by Mark Rashid, uh, published in 2016. Um, it's a Trafalgar Square book, but it's put out by the Horse and Rider book. So, oh, I
4: didn't
5: know that. Well, it, there you go. Yeah, they have a website, com. so if anybody's interested, right. <laughs> check now, that out. Um,
4: tell me a little bit about Journey to Softness. What is it about?
5: Okay, well, Journey to Softness is actually a very good read. Um, it was written kind of in story fashion, and it's, it's sort of Mark Christie's overall um like his philosophy on horses and training and, and riding and horsemanship. And um, overall, uh, it was very well written. It was very affirming or reaffirming to me about, you know, some of the beliefs I have as far as horsemanship and what is good horsemanship and, and the things that we should be doing, I think, going forward with horses. Um, so I had a couple, I picked out a couple passages I thought were very relevant. And then there was a quote on the back that I really liked. Oh, so don't I don't know. Okay, the quote on the back end, I think it kind of sums up um, the book quite well. It says, it's it's a quote by Mark Rashid, and it says, There is strength in muscle, but power in softness. So without a lot of words, I mean, there's actually a lot in that sentence or in that quote. Mm -hmm. So I thought thought that was a very good summary, kind of of what the book was about.
4: Well, that makes a lot of sense, because Mark has a background in martial arts. And that makes a lot
5: Absolutely. Of sense. Yeah. Right. He's a he's a second degree, I believe, black belt and in a keto. So I'm not I am not super familiar with um martial arts, but I do believe there is value and relevance in martial arts, you know, with horsemanship. So So is this and more, this definitely made me more interested in it.
4: <laughs> is this more of I'm getting the impression this is more of a book about the um the philosophy and the mindset of riding and being a good horseman versus a
5: how to book Absolutely, absolutely. And and it was it was quite entertaining. Um interestingly, I I read it first and it was it was pretty light reading. Actually, it's on the surface it seems. It's, it's less than 200 pages. Um there's nothing, you know, there's no complex like how to do anything in the book, but I went back after reading it because I, I just had some feelings just about you know about what I'd read and some of the things that were being said. And getting into the book a little more, I actually you know did more active reading and got some you know my highlighter out and my pen. <laughs> and there's actually quite a lot he says in the stories that he tells, and you kind of have to. I think you have to digest that a little bit first, and then go back and reread it to kind of you know um, understand what he's trying to tell you. And, and like I said, it's not, or like you said, it's really not a how-to book. It's more of a just, um, you know, it's more of his philosophy. But I think as you ride or as you, you know, moving forward, there's, there's a lot you think about later with what he said.
4: So it's a, little, so it's I, a I found that very like, interesting. Um, well, you know, any good book, good story, good movie, good podcast, um, they tend to do that. Um, it sounds like this one is a book that is a good read because it is easy and comfortable and uplifting to read. You don't have to focus in and have complete silence. Some books, you really, really have to focus very hard to get the most out of them.
5: Um, Absolutely.
4: This one, it sounds like if you want to, you can just kick back on the beach and read it.
5: Yes, definitely. Or, know, in storytelling fashion, and it yeah. is, which was entertaining, right.
4: <laughs> or if you really want to get uh, all the, all the uh, tiny little nuggets and grains of sand out of there, you can read each one and sort of contemplate on them a little bit.
5: Absolutely, absolutely. That, that's exactly how I thought reading this book. And there was one quote in particular that stands out when you know, thinking about that. Um, if I could go ahead and read that, please do. It was, yeah, it was one of the one of the uh, first things that I underlined, and it's on page You're one ninety-one. Of those people
4: that you write in your books.
5: Well, not always, but this one I, I just felt compelled to. It's <laughs> there was just a lot, yes. a lot that I could take out and think about. Okay, so, and in the end, the broader our spectrum of knowledge, the easier it is for us to find effective ways of communicating. The better our communication, the more paths we'll see to the development of true softness in ourselves and our horses. And I like that quote a lot. Like I, I, I think about that sometimes, you know, just as I'm writing, um, and just some of his philosophies. And like I said, it's it's nothing groundbreaking really for me. It's more in line with what I'm thinking. It's just maybe a little more in depth or presents some different ways of thinking about about things that I already feel or kind of believe. So and it's very reaffirming to you know, there's so many people these days interested in this kind of horsemanship and writing. So I, I like that a lot.
4: Interesting that you say that because the quote itself addresses what you just said in that the more ways we can find to communicate something, either by being the communicator or the one receiving the communications, the better off we are. And the way he said that got through to you because it was a particular way that really resonated with you as a reader. So that's that's yeah. ironic that the very quote that you picked out the reason you picked it out is because he found that particular path that worked for you.
5: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I guess I didn't think of it that way, but that, that's exactly right. I, I was thinking of it more just like with the horse, but you know, but he says with ourselves too. And I do think, you know, one thing I've noticed since reading the book and I always try to be conscious of this, um, because I think one of the first, uh, people that influenced a change or a paradigm shift in my writing from a young adult till now um, with Sally Swift. And, you know, one of the little basics that she always focused on was breathing. And I noticed a lot when I was just focusing on softness and just thinking about what I'd read in, you know, Mark Chief's teaching. And I've actually seen him, um, hmm, I guess, two years ago at Equine fair in Ohio. Um, but I but I didn't buy anything of his or you know I just kind of watched and didn't really I don't know I didn't process what he had said that that much at the time. But I noticed that when I'm riding and I'm focusing on my softness, my breathing is a lot deeper, and I won't notice it right away. But then I'll realize I'm taking these you know you know breaths through my center you know more deeply. And I, I don't know I just I think that's interesting that um you know it's kind of in line with something that I tried to add to my. Toolbox 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway, very, very I thought that was interesting. interesting.
4: So yeah. by sifting down to the smallest grains of sand, as you read through it a second time, and started to take notes m- both mentally and visually by by marking in your book, you were able to make that book that's all about philosophy and the big picture into your very own personalized how-to.
5: Sure, right, right. Like I try to incorporate just kind of some of his, um, you know, this is a little new to me, but it, like his his specific teachings, um, but not new to me, I guess, like his philosophy. But just thinking about what he said and and kind of digesting the the material in the book like I do think it's you know it does have an impact if you you know if you rue on it and kind of take it to heart a little you bit I guess gotta
4: ruminate that's right
5: <laughs> yes yes ruminate yes exactly <laughs> awesome now yep. uh,
4: in in, uh, in closing we have to give this thing its official flake rating in your five flake bail how many flakes is Journey to Softness by Mark Rashid
5: going to get you know, I think I would give it a five flake just because like I said, there's it's easy to read on the surface, but there's really a lot more in there. And and it's entertaining too. There were some really entertaining parts and I was actually after our review, I wanted to put a couple things on the auditor page that you know that I thought were really entertaining or funny or, you know, poignant just for you know, our group. So <laughs> for,
4: it's a good book on sports. many levels.
5: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
4: Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. And folks can get Journey to Softness by Mark Rashid at horseandriderbooks.com which is the retail arm of Trafalgar Square. So uh, yes. horseandriderbooks.com and when we post this review up on the show we will be sure to put a link to it so folks can find it easily. And thank you very much Misty West for being our book reviewer today. Thank you so
5: much. I completely enjoyed it. I love books so this was this is great for me. <laughs> Thank you, yay, yep, <laughs> yeah. Thank you
4: so much. Horse people know that they can count on Ovation's value, quality, and style when it comes to hardwearing schooling attire, affordable show gear for horse and rider, or top of the line equipment for riders at every level. From breeches to bridle work, saddles to stock ties, helmets to half chaps. Ovation is the premier brand of riding apparel and equipment for you and your horse in the United States, outfitting riders at every level from head to toe. Ask for Ovation brand riding helmets, breeches, and footwear at your local tack store. Or go online to OvationRiding.com and see the fantastic variety of quality, fashion-forward, affordable products from Ovation. OvationRiding.com
0: I want to remind everybody that we will be at Rolex this week. We'll be doing a couple of shows from there. If you are coming in to Rolex, and I know a lot of our listeners are, we are going to be doing a show at 9 a.m. Friday and 10 a.m. Sunday. We're recording shows and we'll put them out immediately after for Horses in the Morning. Now, you'll find us if you want to come by and watch or say hi or sit in uh, for a couple minutes. We are going to be located in the indoor arena, the old indoor arena, where all the shopping is. You remember that, Helena, where all the shopping is. Yes, and sir. we are, as you walk in the front of the building from the front of the park, if you walk in that building from the front of the park, we're on the left, kind of on the mezzanine level. We're going to be set up on the middle of the left, over there toward the left. You'll see us if you keep walking around to the left. To the left. Yep, go to <laughs> Just the left. the left. And you'll see left. us over there. With uh, We'll have some big-name riders with us and some all kinds of guests. We always have some fun stuff. Jamie will be there. Jennifer will be there. And uh, if you guys remember Samantha Clark, um, she's there covering the event. We're going to try and rustle her up for a couple of minutes. We haven't seen Samantha in a while.
1: Wonderful. So
0: that'll be fun. I know a lot of our listeners, including Jerry and his his 25 kids, are going to be there.
3: Oh, great.
0: (laughs) So they should be there as well. So check us out. If you're not going, then take a listen to our special coverage of Horses in the Morning on both of those days. We'll be putting those out on the feed. Another important announcement is that very shortly, it's been submitted to iTunes and will be shortly to Android, we will have an ability for you to listen to the live show, to Horses in the Morning live on our app, on our Horse Radio Network app. We've never had that ability before, but now we are. And also, that'll mean when we do live coverage like we did at Road to the Horse or any of the other live events we do, you'll also be able to listen to those on the app. So keep in mind that it does use your minutes. It use, not your minutes, but it uses your data from your data plan. So if you're on Wi-Fi, then it, you don't have to worry about it. Or if you have unlimited data, you don't have to worry about it. But it would be like listening to Pandora on your phone. It, that's the yeah. kind of data that it will use. Just want to remind everybody of that. But that's coming up and will be updated on your your apps shortly. And I think that's about it for housekeeping stuff. Well our year of the listener continues and we're going international aren't we Helena?
1: We're super international like like superhero international podcasting superheroes. <laughs>
0: and we have Sarah Home on us for on with us from Sweden coming up next. Well hi Sarah, welcome to the show all the way from Sweden.
6: Well, hello, and uh, I'm happy to be here with you, all the way from Sweden.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, we never, we knew we had Swedish listeners because I can see where what countries the downloads come from,
6: Mm -hmm. and. uh,
0: until you though started popping up last year and became an auditor and we started talking more and then you guys submitted for the radiothon a song that you sang in the barn it was so much fun oh
6: Oh, that was my favorite (laughs) yeah
0: that was so much fun and you know what we'll play it after your interview today just so everybody can hear it
6: the girls will love it
0: and it, it was your friends right you got together yeah
6: yeah, they are. They are my na- the, the daughters of my uh, closest neighbor, and they do help me a lot with with the horses and and they're charming people, and they sing like angels. Oh, they
0: do, and it, you they did sure it in the so there was a little bit of an echo, and it was cool.
6: Yeah. Oh, oh they magical. are so talented. Yeah, they are so talented, and they are you know Christmas lovers as I am, so we had we had this Christmas party, and then they um, sang for us, and and we recorded and, and submitted it to you, and it was absolutely. I think a I played delight. it a couple times that day. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I think I heard I heard the voices over and over again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this year we're me. doing it again. I, that might be just me. <laughs>
0: Means new songs this year. We're doing it again. You'll have to get double the number of people in the barn this time. Yeah, th- yeah,
6: yeah. Get yeah, a I whole think so. chorus going. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sarah,
0: I have to ask you first: Where are you located?
6: Uh, um, Forty kilometers south of Stockholm, Sweden. Um, that's a beautiful down. spot. Yeah. <laughs> It, a is. Water. it is. You'd it love it's it. It's a fantastic <laughs> place. Yeah, it's fantastic. You,
1: it's. You're born and raised in in Sweden, so you are. Yes, I'm, I'm originally community? from
6: from the other part, from the other side of of, of um, Sweden. I'm from Gothenburg on on the west coast, uh, but then I then, then love pulled me over here.
1: Now, is it very different? Like in the United States, it's so big. We we really have almost different subcultures in our country. Are there differences in the, you know the different geographic locations within Sweden?
6: uh well well we are very oblong you know uh, the north of sweden is very cold uh, in winter time and very dark since we have the, you know the polar night in, in the um, north of sweden but we don't in the south i think we it's it's uh, two thousand kilometers long you know from from north to south mm. so 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 it's quite a big difference in in um, in the climate really yep. yeah and and uh
1: most, so, is most is Sweden, the southern part yeah. of Sweden a little bit more amenable to keeping horses and and yes, the farm absolutely. life in general?
6: Yeah, m- yeah, most of of the 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 people who who compete a lot live in in the south of Sweden in what's called Skåne, uh, and there's the big shows. You know, Falsterbo. I don't I don't know if you know about it, but it's a big show in in Sweden, Falsterbo, and then um, a lot of breeders and and a lot of horsey culture is is going on down south.
1: Okay, so not too. That's that's sort of how we are in the United States. You yeah, do some things yeah. in the Northeast, but the real, all the big fun stuff happens down in the South where it's a little <laughs> bit All weird. they do in the North yeah. of
0: Sweden is uh, ice sculptures and <laughs> yeah. dog sleds. That's
6: yeah, right. yeah, I know you had a guy on who, who was doing the dog dog sleigh thing. Yes. A, a, month, a few months ago. North and, of Sweden is kind
0: of like Canada. North of Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: It's very, well, it's I very have,
1: similar. I have friends who live here in Rhode Island half the year, six months out of the year, and the other half of the year they live in Sweden, and they're just north of Stockholm. But they're like, that's oh. enough. They're not very far outside of the city, but just enough where um, it's really they come here for a little relief from the the cold and dark. Yeah, from,
6: yeah. yeah like the, you come
1: the, to New England
6: for relief for relief. <laughs> for relief <laughs> yeah. Okay, have but, at it. Yeah, but the, I, I think that the, the, that's the main thing. The main problem in the wintertime. is it's it's so dark. You know, it, it's it's pitch black in December, and then it's you know it's, then it's a little bit better. In now, it's quite okay, but and summertime, it's 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 light all the time. So you get used to it. But I think mm-hmm. it's quite hard for people who is not used to it and you know come here for the first time. And to give in December people
0: to kind of a correlation, you're uh, for people in the United States that have never been there. You're about what would be equal to halfway up a Canada. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. way for us. It would be considered way north.
6: <laughs> way north. <attitude-wise, laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. Latitude-wise. Yeah. 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 Got it. yeah. yeah I, 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 my, my daughters are living in 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 Toronto, and it's it's about the same. And okay. you have
1: Saint Bernards. I do. Oh, oh my ooh. gosh. <laughs> okay. My truly dro- people. <laughs> my people. Uh, I've no, had two oh, Saint Bernards best. in oh, my really? lifetime,
6: oh. and. They are the most wonderful dogs. Yes, I, I, I've had them for all my life, and I can't, I can't even think of another kind of dog, really. My, my husband wants to have uh, those, um, you know, English bulldogs. Mm-hmm. But every time we, we shop for a new dog, I, I always get a new St. Bernard.
0: Well, they're <laughs> made for your climate, right? I mean, that's what they're made for. Yeah. yeah.
6: And they they are really not very happy in, in summertime but in wintertime they're just frolicking and, and enjoying every every single snowflake. Yes. So um,
0: describe for us the area that you live. Is it is it really horsey or a lot of horse people around your area? Yes. Yeah. yeah,
6: yeah, it's a lot of horse. there I think I'm quite on the countryside and there are horses everywhere and my closest neighbor uh, apart from the singing girls is is a, is a boarding stable with 15 horses in it and uh, we do have a lot of competition going on in the area and a lot of small breeders and and a lot of uh, you know everyday riders so it's, it's really a lot of horses and there you know you, you meet a horse trailer every time you go out oh wow <laughs>
3: that's
0: cool yeah and and how did you get into arabians
6: Oh uh when I was living in in uh, outside Gothenburg I my closest neighbors in that area was one of the uh, most prominent uh, Arabian breeders in in the world at the time Aspen as Arabian stud and I was 8 years old when they moved there and I saw those beautiful horses and I just couldn't I I you know I was I had this horrible Viking, Viking pony, Swedish Viking pony that you know kicked me and bit me. I, 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 oh God! That's <laughs> Why do I hear the word horrible in front of the word <laughs> pony all the time? Oh, oh. <laughs> and then I saw those those you know these beautiful creatures with with you know the uh, they were almost etherical. and I just wanted one. And I was working at that place and I was learning quite a lot. And when I was twenty, I, I got my first Arabian. Uh, and and then I couldn't stop because they are very special horses. Uh, What's
1: your favorite thing about the about Arabians? Well, first of all, what kind of riding do you do, or what what do you do with your horses? Well, and how well everything. suited are they for that?
6: I think they are the best horses. Uh, for a family, because you can do anything with them, but they are not specialists in anything else from from endurance. And enduring, this is this is maybe not the wise thing to say, but I think it's so boring. Um, you just, I, I, I don't like sitting on a horse for five hours. Uh, but I do everything else with them. So, but uh, right now I have this uh, mare that I'm uh, going to start compete in dressage with uh, this summer and um uh, but we we do a little jumping and uh, and just trekking for the fun of it trekking for the fun of it that's a yeah. that, that's a nice way to spend a lifetime <laughs> i think it is i think it is and then we have a uh, two that we drive as well and uh, and that is really well it's a bit challenging because they have a light bum, but um but <laughs> mm. mm. a big but, heart but it's, Big heart, light bomb. And, Big uh, heart, light <laughs> yeah. And, how and, many do you, you have?
1: You you keep your horses at home, and and how many? Yeah, are I there? keep them at home. I think we've got
6: twenty, maybe. Okay. I, I'm I, I'm not I'm not happy about uh, counting them, uh, especially <laughs> not when my husband is around. Is <laughs> around. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. so then it's about twelve and then and then, the, and then the little ones, you know, we've we got some Welsh mountain ponies as well for um, and and um, the alibi for that is my son, who's five years old. and um, and they are like mini arabians. and uh, I think I think we have four of those. Yes, we do. And then we got uh, one big uh, warm blood jumping horse, uh, Holsteiner as well. And that's that's about it.
1: So and do you have twin, a spare room? Because I, you know, I'm free for the next
6: couple of weeks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we do. You're most welcome.
1: <laughs> and and what now? So you've got um, a farm. You've got yep. horses. You've got Saint Bernards. You've got yep. some barn kitties, I'm sure. You have children as well,
6: more mm-hmm. than one. Five.
0: Five kids.
6: So, five kids. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And, when uh, do you have time uh, for yeah. horses? Well, the thing is that four of them are grown up, okay. uh, and then I got this uh, little uh, dessert child when I was well mature, and um, so I, I have one little child, and the other ones, are, you know, they, they, they tend to themselves, I hope.
0: hopefully yeah they usually move back at some point don't they
6: (laughs) yeah they do uh, when the cash is up yep (laughs) yep
0: that's funny so Mm -hmm. now you um how many babies do you have a year yeah now i mean Uh, a horse babies. (laughs) well
1: (laughs) uh four or five
0: four or five okay and then do you sell them is that the idea uh, train them and sell them or sell them as babies or
6: I I don't understand that question.
0: Ah! Uh, <laughs> now we know she doesn't sell <laughs> any of them.
6: <laughs> no, uh, preferably not. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a I'm a terrible hoarder, but I do sell some horses at times. I do, but but I I don't want to sell them when they're small. I want to sell them when I know what they might be good for, because all Arabians are not good for everything right and 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 uh, very many just try to breed the show horses but i you know for for the uh, beauty shows uh, but i want them to do some just proper family work too yeah even if they're pretty
1: so you really you're really working on creating this line of um, all around family horses who can do just about anything but but then you're looking for some strengths and weaknesses that each individual horse may have and then perhaps finding a good a good home for them um do you do the training yourself do you have a
6: a trainer that comes in yeah well uh breaking you know um, breaking them for riding is uh that is my job and I do have a girl who, who is, um, she is the suicide pilot for, for the worst horses. Um, and I, I like that term. I've never yeah, heard that too. term before. <laughs> like,
1: we all need friends
6: like pilot. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but she, she, she works uh, here uh, every weekday and she's extremely talented. Erica. Do they get paid extra
0: she's, to be a suicide pilot? Because that sounds dangerous. Oh, mm-hmm.
6: And yeah, well, she, she, I think, I think she, I think she's pleased with what she gets. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Uh, but she's extremely talented, and the horses love her. Uh, and but then the show training—you know, when you go to 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 the, um, you know, the beauty shows, or what? What should we call them? what do you say uh not the, the comp- not the ridden competitions but the in, in hand competition oh, yeah in, in hand, hand competitions yeah. uh, then i usually i uh, try to to train them myself but i'm not a handler i'm not a good handler so i i um, have a good handler to show them for me and the best horses that i want to to um compete with in, in internationally they they go away to get the proper care, because I'm not that good at it.
0: But now, uh, I'm telling you, we're looking at your f- Facebook page right now, and you have the most beautiful hmm. horse. Arabians just photograph better than any other horse does.
6: They do, they, yeah. do. they and, do. But yeah. your
0: horses, there's there's many different kinds of Arabians. Your horses mm-hmm. have the very chiseled face, if you know what I mean. Yes, they do. Okay. I, yeah. I, okay. yeah,
6: and they have. I, I look for the chiseled face, but I'm not. Um, Many people who breed Arabians just look at the head, but I want them to move well. That's the first thing. If they don't move well, I don't. am not interested. Well, uh, that was
0: what I was going to say, and I'm sure Helene is noticing this too. They have the fine chiseled heads, but their bodies are bulkier than a lot of Arabians yeah, I've seen. Yeah, yeah.
6: I I, yeah. I want the powerhouses. I want them to to be able to move and and to carry and to pull and to be uh, you know working. Uh, athletic horses uh, and they you know they're out from early in the morning until late in the evening and I feed them well 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 so they so they should be strong and healthy and the young horses especially they I, I put them out in in uh, paddocks with the uh, you know with a lot of climbing so they develop a lot of muscle mm, right so yeah and I, I had the fortune to be able to do that because it, it's a quite a hilly uh, farm we got And that's what, what the, you know, all the little mountains are good for, training horses. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Alina. Now,
1: um, when you have babies around, Mm -hmm. um, are there, what's your routine? Um, Do, how long do you keep them with their moms? And when do you start, mm -hmm. when do you start handling them on the ground and stuff? Well, uh, I start.
6: I try to start touching them the second they're born, because you get a better contact with them if you if you can touch them as as quick as possible, and then you let them uh, let them alone. And uh, they are, do. I wean them when they're about eight or nine months, because I want them to be with their mother as 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 long as possible, if, if I can, if, if they don't need, if there's no other reason to separate them. And um, I put on a halter the first days, and then we try to clip. Maybe we don't clip them for real, but we use the clipper, you know, so you, they can feel the, the vibrations and, and they can hear the sound um, immediately when they're just a few days old, because then it's so much easier to do it when they're, when you need to clip them and yeah uh, yeah yeah so in, imprinting them uh, with a lot of of uh, sensations at a very early age and you shouldn't overdo it it's you know 30 seconds uh, for each and then it's done so you shouldn't bore them or or make them tired they should just be fine with whatever you do
1: right and, and be and aware
6: should, of the time limitation yeah.
1: that you, you you can overstimulate them or you
6: can bore them yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. And they, they could just block, block you out if you're too, well, it should be uh, interesting, but, but not, not too wearing. So, so, and, um, and then you start, it, it really, you, you can feel it when they want to work a little more or when you can put them on a leash and then, you know, use all that. And just put on and off, uh, to put the halter on and off every day once. That that makes all the difference in the world when you, when you wean them off. And then you should try to um, make them work without the mother. So baby steps, but every day. And uh, not overdoing anything.
0: And you've been it's posting just... pictures too. You're building yourself a new barn.
6: Oh, yes, we are. Oh, my God. We are. We 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 have had this very very cold, <laughs> um, chilly barn for some time. It's just. It's just um, I think you have that a lot in in the U.S. You know, just single wood yep. walls. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've been living with that for for quite some time now. And now we're building a more proper barn for for this climate. And, and it's you can a, it's say fantastic.
3: It,
0: it's a palace. You're building a palace. <laughs> it, is. it looks it, it, very it, nice.
6: <laughs> yes, I know. It, it's it's kind of it's a cathedral for horses. Really. And uh, uh, it's really my husband's idea. I would have settled for way less. But he wanted to do something very special. And so I just let him.
1: That's lovely. <laughs> Glenn, you need to get him on the horse husband's episode. Yeah, I do. So he can yes, set <laughs> all these American horse husbands straight. Okay?
6: Yeah. And oh.
0: we, when we say palace, we mean picture... Like a Euro, old fashioned European barn on an estate, and that's what it kind yes. of reminds me of.
6: Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it is. It is a bit like that. It is. And uh, how many and stalls it's all, are going to be in it? Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay. Fourteen. Yeah. So we didn't want to make it. My husband has this silly idea that if it doesn't build too many stalls, then maybe I will not collect so many horses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what annexes are for. Yeah, that's
3: <laughs> what neighbors exactly. are for. Well, <laughs> oh, that
6: would yeah. be the, they could go in um, the annex. Could the neighbors. The thing is out. That I got. I've got the cold barn still, so I could just get 14 new horses.
0: Yeah. So the one, the ponies go out there. <laughs> that's <laughs> what it's, The ponies go out there. Well, that's um, very cool. Congratulations on that too. Oh, thank
6: you. Thank I can you. ask it's you a, a question. Culture. We have other
0: <laughs> listeners in Sweden. Why do mm-hmm. you all speak such terrific English?
6: Well, the thing is, uh, mainly we do we do um, study English at school, of course. But then, then, I think I think it's the subtitle thing. Uh, I think it's because all the you know all the television and television series and and the f- movies and everything is subtitled instead of of um, oh, voice. Yeah, yeah, there is no oh. voiceover. So, uh, so, and it tends to make us try. Uh, we think we sound so English, uh, but mainly we sound as if we're in the middle of the Atlantic Sea, uh, and then we sound very Swedish too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but because we, you know, some words stick and some expressions, and yeah. some uh, some accents, and then we just mix it up, and then we think we are very con- continental or or <laughs> cosmopolitan. Well,
0: well you have great English.
1: <laughs> it's, it's, thank you. It's, thank it's, thank it's you. A, your accent is very easy to listen to. It's not always, it's not very strong, but it it's distinct, but it's I know I'm going to contradict myself it's it's soft but still distinct so it's really nice to listen to It's a lot easier oh, than you. some of the thank
0: Scottish you. and Irish we've had on
1: oh
6: yeah, that's which
0: hard. get really that's thick. really hard yeah <laughs> they speak English <laughs>
6: yeah. and and uh, yeah oh my god yes
0: <laughs> so well all right well we've uh, we've talked quite a long time and it's time mm-hmm. for the rapid fire questions
6: oh my god and yes. I'm
0: interested to the answers of that but before we go on to that we do have an announcement to make and I'm very excited about this mm-hmm. is that Sarah and well we're, we're determining a co-host yet but Sarah is going to be hosting a special horses in the morning weekend episode every month about about horses in sweden and she's going to have different people on she's going to have different guests on for sweden it will be in english otherwise i can't edit it um (laughs) i wouldn't have any idea what she was saying so yeah (laughs) so it will be in english and because so many people over there speak english you know it's going to be easier for her to do Uh, so we're looking forward to that and that's going to start in may right
6: Yes, in May. And it will be so much fun, I hope. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I will have uh, loads of fun, and I hope some people will join me in that. And um, we'll just see whatever it will develop to.
0: Very good. Well, we're looking forward mm-hmm. to it. We're looking forward to <laughs> yeah. it All right. Are you ready, Helena?
1: I am ready. Are you ready, Sarah? I'm ready. Okay. Um so and one of the best ways that we get to know somebody is to ask about what kinds of food they like. So the okay. question to you is what is your favorite food? Pasta.
6: Pasta. And, and, yeah. Lasagna or 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 spaghetti or farfalle or anything. I was I expecting
0: pasta. fish for some reason in Sweden.
6: Yeah, or something I, I, healthier. Yeah. <laughs> No, no. Well,
1: it, it's good to know that you can eat pasta because so many people can't eat pasta anymore. Oh. That it's it, very few people. I, and you know,
6: I, I'm an all-carb girl. I, could, <laughs> I couldn't survive on no carbs. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> well, you're a busy woman, so I can see you actually needing a lot of carbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then what kinds of food won't
6: you eat? Uh, well, I'm not... I can't stand, uh, you, you know... Some some kind of seafood, as in escargot or um, cockles and mussels and stuff like that. I think it's so nasty. Shellfish. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I love lobster is great. I love lobster. Okay. okay. Uh, but but you the other one I I I, I would love to it. share with some. No, I can't do it because I I think it's like in insects or snails or stuff like that. <laughs> Okay, but the big the <laughs> nope. big sea
1: bugs are okay. They're to- good. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> they're right. they're quite good actually. Yeah, they're very good. Okay, um, do you have an equestrian pet peeve? You must because we all do. And it, what yes. is it?
6: I can't stand when people uh, treat their horses like children or other people, and not understanding uh, that they are horses.
1: Hmm. And not respecting their their inherent nature.
6: Yeah and, and you know uh, uh, um, saying, oh he wants this and I can't do that and I might hurt his feelings or and he needs a he wants a blanket and he wants me to do this. Pfft. Horses horses <laughs> horses are that. not people. No they're they're horses. Not. I love that.
3: That's and, wonderful.
6: And, yeah and I had I, I had a good friend really um, saying uh, you know what I am thinking. Is she she was saying that horses are not people. Horses are like running a running stream. If you wanted to do something, you need to open a door, shut another, and just move away. So you, you can't discuss and you can't stand in the way uh, for the, for the running stream. And I think that's quite wise. Uh, and you can't discuss with a horse or or try to um, persuade. You should just make it easy for them to do. Make the choice you want it to make.
1: Mm. So, in other words, you have you have to work with the the nature of the thing that yeah. you're working with. You can't yeah. you can't try to change the stream to be no. something else. You simply and have to. If you, to work yeah, with if the you way want it, it moves. to,
6: yeah. If you want it to change direction, don't stand in its way because then you will get wet or, or still. you will drown <laughs> or bloody and black and blue. Yes, yeah. Got so it. just try to make it. Aim in the direction you wanted to, then it will be okay.
0: I never heard that analogy uh, before.
6: I like oh, it. Uh, yeah. Very yeah. smart woman. That.
0: <laughs> you or the other woman?
6: Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it, but I couldn't. I, I really couldn't put it to words. Yeah, that's She a, said it. And I, yeah. really, uh, I think it's uh, it's really the way I see it. Got it. If you wanted them to do something, make it open that door, and it will happen because horses want to go forward.
1: Mm. Now, if you. If you could not, I know this is a painful thing to think about, but Mm -hmm. if you could not work with horses, if you could not Mm -hmm. have them, ride them, what kind of career or passion do you think you would immerse yourself in? I think I would be a radio host.
0: (laughs) Well, you're going to have that
6: option here very shortly. (laughs) (laughs) It is quite a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems so much fun. And you don't have to comb your hair. That's a great thing nope. I, n- <laughs> I never look tidy. I always look as if I'm just rolled out of a sack of hay. So. Okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How would you
1: if, choose three words to describe yourself? Just three words. Mm. And how uh, you see yourself, not how okay. you think other people see you, no, but no, how no. you I'm, see yourself. I'm,
6: okay, I'm, I'm strong, happy, and lucky.
1: Strong, Happy and lucky. Yeah. I like that. You know, I really want to move to Sweden now, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> She's just sounding pretty good to me. Um, now, you've obviously worked with a lot of horses. Um, you have a lot going on. You've raised children. Tell us what is the most terrifying thing that you've ever done in your life, and would you do it again?
6: Oh, That was getting back up on a horse, Uh Three years ago, after a terrible accident, um, because I was riding a horse and everything was going fine, and then he reared, and I hadn't—I had been off the horseback for some time, and I was not taking my own advice, making him move for, forward. Mm. So I, I, you know, instinctively pulled the rein, and then he went over, uh, and fell over on his back with me under him. Oh goodness. And then he stepped on my head, <laughs> so I had quite quite a long uh, recovery. And getting back up on a horse after that was absolutely scary, and uh, it took about a year and a half until I could sit on a horse without leaning forward and you know clutching myself on, yeah. in the reins. Yeah. But now it's good, and I would do it again. And it, um, but. I couldn't say any day because it, it took some time. It took 500 days uh, until it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would do it again because what it's worth was, it
1: was what, what Do you remember the moment when you said, when you let go of the most gripping kind of
6: fear? Do you remember that moment? Yeah. And I don't, well, I remember the moment after when, when I felt that everything was put in place again. Uh, and I was... Almost astonished that I wasn't scared, that everything yeah. was fine, and I was I was with my horse again. I was not sitting on an animal. I was yeah. with my horse, and we were doing, we were together. We were, you were
1: back. Uh, you were it's yeah, like I finding back. yourself again and that, <gasps> yes. that person who it's like she never went away. You you feel like she's exactly. gone exactly. and you'll never find her again. And then one day she just
6: shows up and you're amazed yeah. that she still exactly. exists. Exactly. And, and and again I was that little girl on the horrible Viking po- Viking pony that I had when I was a child, doing scary things, not thinking about
1: it. Yeah, the things that ponies will terrify you.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, again, you have a lot of horses, but if Mm -hmm. you could choose one of them and you could ask one of your horses a question Mm -hmm. and he or she could answer you, what would you ask?
6: I would ask uh, Electrify, my mare, what she thinks is in that mud puddle that she (laughs) never ever wants to step through. I really want to know. All really the others it. have
0: come up with these intellectual, <laughs> really deep thought so, things. Sarah comes up with, What's wrong with a mud puddle?
1: That yeah. is perfect.
0: That's perfect, Sarah.
1: That is perfect. That's it for our rapid fire questions, Sarah. They were Woo! really interesting. What an enjoyable uh, discussion
6: we've had. <laughs> well, this was so much fun.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Oh, and people Thank who you. want to look for Sarah, watch uh, Watch Horses in the Morning. We'll be announcing when her episode's going to come out in May. And we. Which weekend it'll be? It'll be one of our special weekend recorded episodes. So, Sarah, thank you so much. We're looking forward to working with you. And look, you'll get to be a radio host.
6: Oh, this is this is my dream come true again. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: thank you, Sarah. All right, bye.
3: Bye, Sarah. Bye. <laughs> Men och så klara gå så lustiga vara en gång plattorna är så freden vi får Sändte folen åtelgrå 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 ridde stafen själv upp på. på själv upp på själv upp på men och så klara gå så lustiga vara
2: Hello folks, Uncle Jimmy here and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products where funny names mean serious products. Featuring Uncle Jimmy's squeezy buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love, the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls, Uncle Jimmy's sugar-free ball, the incredible licky thing, also in sugar-free the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker wrecker and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hanging Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious, flavored, filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors. Apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed.
1: This Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by Sparkle and Boom Marketing, marketing, graphic design, websites, and advertising. And we specialize in the equestrian marketplace. Find us online at sparkleandboom.com.
0: Well, coming up uh, for this Tack and Habit segment, I have an interview that I did with Dr. Jeff Tucker. Let's take a listen. Well, I'm so excited that in the studio we have a friend that I met at the very beginning of the Horse Radio Network. And that's eight years now. So it's been a long time, Dr. Jeff Tucker. Hi, Dr. Tucker. Hey, what's your name again? Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's been a long time. I know at Jennifer's place, but. Oh, yeah, Glenn. Yeah, Glenn's here, too. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped by to uh, float our horse's teeth. Jennifer's new horse, who was a freaking mess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, He's and, in great hands, I might great. add. Uh, yeah, in and, great hands. And you know what? He felt much better after you were done, too. He did. Yeah. He was back to eating already. All right now I want to talk to you about a couple of things we and I want to remind everybody if you go to horse tip daily and search for dr. Tucker you're going to come up with a whole bunch of different tips we did on dentistry so you can always go back and take a listen to those and I think we're going to rerun those here uh, soon too it hasn't The information has not changed in all these years. It's still the same. But you wrote a book. This is why I want you here today. You wrote a book, and I had such a fun time with this book. It's called Since the Days of the Romans, and it's your journey of discovering a life with horses. That's it. Yep, it's the life before horses that caught me off guard in this book because you meet you and I just don't picture you picture you as a hippie in a in a in a dye tied van driving around the countryside uh, visiting whoever will put up with you. Uh, what a what a story! There's no chance of correcting that, is there? no? It's in the book. <laughs> Did you not think I was going to really pick on
7: that? Uh, I've I've lived a long time. I'm a child of the '60s, uh, the '50s, '60s, '70s, and um, and is life-forming is as it is in any childhood. Those are the life-forming years, and l- I just let life carry me, which is a little bit different than most veterinarians who have a prepaid you know pre-plan of yeah, high school from the time college. of the high school. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my education was at a 3rd breeding and training farm.
0: You know, that's one of the things that I really took out of this book, and you mentioned it earlier, and I I said, I'm going to come back to that later, because one of the things I took out of this book is you had a lot of life experience before you ever went into college, let alone vet school, you know, and I think... You know, we, we've known a lot of people that have been in the professions like that, and one of the things you can, pro- you can tell by people is if they've had life experience before school. Mm. Uh, kind of explain what I—you can probably explain that better than me. but I, I think everybody has a way of learning.
7: Uh, some is by reading books or watching videos, and others is just by doing. And I tried the reading— uh, thing And the whole book actually is directed toward people who might have problems learning. They know they're not stupid. They know that they've got some intelligence, but the tests don't show it. And I wanted to write a book to say to these people, don't give up. Find your path and it will come to you. So I had – Horrible yeah, troubles reading. Because um, this was
0: not easy for you to get into vet school. This was not, you know, I had perfect grades, mm-hmm. and I just got in, and I got a full-ride scholarship. That yeah, was not the case. Not the case at all. <laughs> and, and one degree worse, when
7: your father went to
0: Dartmouth and Dartmouth
7: Business School and Harvard Law School, and your grandfather went to Dartmouth, and Dr. Tucker was president of Dartmouth, and he's related to you by blood, you think, okay, I'm a shoe in to go to the Ivy League schools. And I wasn't. I was barely able to get into college my first try. So I decided I'd try this college there, and this college and At that what college.
0: point in your future, we'll get back to that, at what point mm. in your future did they start talking to you again?
7: <laughs> <laughs> my father rolls over in his grave knowing I went to Cornell. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, my, my mom was so... Happy when she saw me with a pager on my belt. She thought I'd made it to the top.
0: That was it. Mm-hmm. You were so, big time then.
7: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think wisdom or life experiences, if you have great mentors, is huge. If you have bad mentors, you can be a really good crook. You know, mm. uh, y- you have to find the right mentors that lead you. And I found really good horsemen on this thoroughbred farm. They're older they were uh, wiser. They weren't really smart, but they had the experience. They said, Jeff, this is what you have to do. And then I met a great veterinarian who's passed away, John Steiner from Mayapac, New York, uh, who ended up going to Kentucky. Um, He was my original mentor, and it was so good to be in his truck learning all about horses or in a surgery suite. And I wasn't even thinking about going to college until I talked to him. And I said, you know, I was putting in that steroid ointment in the horse's eye, and it—it it turns out that was the worst thing I could have done, and I ruined that horse's eye, and I never want to be doing that again. And he says, "Well, why don't you become a vet?" And I said, "Well, it's too expensive. I'm just a, a stall Because
0: you hadn't been to college at that point, right? I,
7: I tried three times, yeah, and had uh, quit, and. So I was being groomed to be the manager of this 100- uh, to 300-horse 3rd uh, breeding and training farm in New York, and that's where I was going to be um, until I met my wife who said – she kicked me in the butt and said, it's time to uh, think bigger, uh, that you can do better. You're smarter than this. You can do more. And so I think it's the – I hate to say perfect storm because that sounds sinister, but when the stars align, maybe, when the right person comes along to guide you, the mentors come to guide you, and you have faith that you can do it, you know you're not stupid, and you start to believe in yourself, when all these things come together, they gel, and then you send your application into Cornell. Why on earth they ever accepted me? I have no idea, but they did. I think they looked at me as a challenge.
0: You know, so. it's interesting that you say that, because I was accepted at Notre Dame coming out of high school, and, and I was going to be—this is even worse—you you were all expected to go to college. I, I was one of uh, four boys in the family, and nobody had ever gone to college, so mm. I was the one expected to go to college, because sure. I was smart, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. right? So, I, in Notre Dame, we were Catholic, so that was even, <laughs>
7: yeah, you know— There's no other school. And then
0: I met these two guys. They were teachers of ours, actually, teachers of mine, and they went in the insurance business. Immediately when I graduated, they quit teaching and went in the insurance business. And they said you'd be an excellent salesperson. You should try this. Mm. Well, it turned out I was. And that first summer I made a lot of money. And then I went, Well, I'll just put it off a year and I'll keep working and making money. Because that was pretty good when you're eighteen. And I never did go to college. Mm. And you know, I think that disappointed my parents the day I died, actually or the day they died, actually. But uh um i but i didn't because those two mentors talking about mentors those two who are both passed away now ironically enough uh but those two were were the best teachers and my success today with the horse radio network directly goes back to the sales experience i learned from them
7: yeah it, it all somebody has a purpose and you can call it the finger of god or whatever they, they keep nudging you in the direction that you didn't expect to go in so Yeah, how do we get to where we are today? But I know that I'm grateful that all those experiences occurred to get me to where I am now. Um, I know this sounds cliche, but um, after all these years, um, let's say I graduated from vet school in 84. I've been with horses since 73. I'm going to be 63 this year. And yet I get up in the morning more excited about going to work than than I do the day before. And every time I talk to my associate um, or anybody else who has these exciting days, we just get juiced. We get pumped. So isn't that the way Give life should be? Give your associate
0: a shout out.
7: Uh, Melissa Bidet, she's an amazing gal who's joined me, but she's only part of the four-man team. Uh, I'd be remiss to say the woman with the big boot that kicked me in the butt back in nineteen seventy Is still around? You kept, after she f- kept you, rather. After 38 <laughs> years, Kathy has it's been with you're me. It's because you gone
0: all the time. <laughs>
7: Uh, some people say that. (laughs) I say we have great communication skills. So when we are together, it's a quality, not the quantity. Glenn, stop laughing. Does she kick you out after about a week if you're home
3: for a week? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
7: And my son has joined me a year ago. Uh, uh, as the marketing uh, guru who uh, does all my social media now, and has boosted my fan base on Facebook up to over thirteen thousand now, and our
0: goal—that's for an equine dentist. That's pretty darn good. Well,
7: can I get a little plug in here? Yeah, do go more ahead, than that. plug
0: away. I've got not just the equine dentistry,
7: which we call equine dentistry without drama, but we—which by the way, it was today. Uh, I'm so grateful. Thank God. Because <laughs> you know I would have told everybody. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. It was a mess. Um, I also uh, – we've started a school for equine dentistry, the Horsemanship Dentistry School. And that's just – we're teaching people around the world how to do what we do because there's over 100 million horses, asses, and mules in the world that don't have any veterinary care, if I can reach some of those people and show them how just take care of the dentistry care, it might make their lives a little bit better. And then we have the Horses Advocate, which just last month I made free to everybody, uh, which has over 6,000 photographs, videos, whiteboards, presentations, to take all that I've learned since I started Horses in 73 uh, to become alive and simple and uncomplicated. In fact, Glenn, I've got a new word called complexicate. Like think complexicate means you take something simple and you make it more complicated than it needs to be. And I thought it deserved a new word. Oh, that's what 90% of people do about life. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's a place where you can learn and grow. Uh, I write blogs. I do webcasts uh, every month. I try to get all this information. Are you information still doing from it from
0: your truck while you're driving or have um, you cut that back?
7: My truck turned 516,000 miles. As big shout out to GMC Sierra 2500 HD. They're amazing trucks, Duramax diesels. Uh, and I'm negotiating, trying to get a new vehicle out of them. So I hope they hear this. Um, <laughs> uh, I videotaped when I went over. Uh, videotaped. Listen to me. I'm ancient. Uh, anyway, uh, when it turned 500,000 miles, just to show people that I, I go on the road everywhere. I'm licensed in 10 states. I go as far away as Seattle, Louisiana, Vermont, New York, Massachusetts, Connecticut, all over in between, just reaching people who want to get quality um, horsemanship in their uh, interactions with their horse. So they're not – the horse isn't treated as an object but more as a living being that with thoughts – Feelings and, and wants, needs, and desires, and that's what makes us uh, so different. And it goes back to this book that we have yeah. here. Um, see, Glenn, since the days Glenn, of the
0: Romans, Glenn. Luz- I'm going to just throw out the name again. Glenn available Luz- 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 Me- on Amazon.
7: On Amazon, <laughs> yes. uh, Jeff Tucker, Jeff with a G, G E O F F Tucker, T U C K R, and don't forget to put the comma D V M because uh, I think there's another Jeff Tucker out there. But anyway, the point is, it all started back. Uh, when I dropped out of college and worked full-time as a, on a third-bird breeding and training farm, where I learned all these skills through life experiences. So, yeah, I've, I've seen tens of thousands, 65,000 horses just floating teeth, let alone all the other horses I've dealt with. And each time you meet with a horse, they teach you something. And I think uh, veterinarians um, who go straight from uh, high school and college into veterinary practice should spend time with these older, um, veterinarians who 've got the wisdom who 've seen so many horses and learned the nuances because once you understand how a horse thinks, you can get so much more accomplished
0: with them um,
7: uh, i got nothing I, else to say
0: well, you know you know it is true and and you have a unique practice one of the things do you, you still do it because i I watch them every day. Um, is, and I think this is what made you popular initially on Facebook and it was a talk back then. I think you know what I'm going to talk about is you post pictures of the farms that you go to. Some of the most Mm -hmm. beautiful places or some of the most places that just have a ton of character, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just, I don't know why it is, but we all like to look at uh, at pretty farms. (laughs) Yeah, um. What started that? What what
7: brought that There was two things. One, I've been a photographer since 1967. One of the three colleges I tried and dropped out of was uh, Brooks Institute of Photography out in Santa Barbara, where I learned some of the techniques. So I've always been attracted to that medium. And with the digital photography out, I decided that I'd get better. And I would take one set of pictures every day. And I would process them, and I post them. And that's how Barn Picks came out. For two years, every day, without fail, I did it. So it was a matter of getting into habit. And I learned so much doing that and I ended up getting people halfway around the world who were subscribing just loved them and then of course I yanked them off and ended that. And I'm thinking about putting them back on this year.
0: So when I saw your pictures from on Facebook from Washington from your trip out uh, west, yeah, you know that just reminded me of that because that's the mm-hmm. kind of pictures you used to take uh, back then. You should, really should do it again. I really, I,
7: I should yeah. I, I, a, a regular. And I'm so involved with the school and and doing all these publishing that I've kind of let it slide. Uh, and all the photographs I take of just dentistry um, and all the ones for the horse's advocate, like fence boards that are put on properly or water buckets that are hung improperly and all these safety things. In fact, my next webinar is just the top 10 safety things you can do to your barn. So it's just a matter of um, gathering them all together and organizing them. And there's just so much. There's yeah. Just so much. But it's fun.
0: Well, and you can tell, I mean, when you were out there today, you can tell that you still, after all of these years of doing this, you enjoy your job. And, you know, that's, and I mean, you travel a lot, but it's a pretty cool job. You get to meet some interesting characters along the way. And Mm -hmm. some of them are in the book. (laughs) Uh, With uh, not their real names. (laughs) With, with, I assumed, not their real names, because some of these stories... This book is very funny, too. And anybody that has known Dr. Tucker for a while knows he has a sense of humor, and it comes out in your writing. It actually, I think, comes out more in your writing than it does just hanging out. It's funny, because everyone who reads it says, it sounds like me talking. Yeah.
7: And... Uh, the publisher decided to have a chapter that I wrote, and then they would put a story from my True and Incredible Stories of a Horse Vet Which? in between each chapter. So it takes you away to when I am a vet, and then it takes you back to the story of...
0: Can I tell you that I loved that setup? Because when mm-hmm. you got to that those stories, mm-hmm. they, they just stood alone. I mean, you could write a whole book of just these, obviously. But yeah. uh, th- I loved that Setup because it takes you out of your story and then into a funny little situation that happens or not so funny, yeah. uh, but I love that setup.
7: So I got to read it ten times. <laughs> yes, ten times. And as Melissa is my witness, uh, nine out of ten times I ended up crying at the end. Uh, it's it's truly my life. It's it's the passion. Um, and I wrote. I'm it not for- too
0: sure. I didn't have a tear too. Uh, too. I think everybody will with this. I but. wrote
7: it for my son. Uh, just a. So he knows who dad is. Um and
0: Was he surprised at the whole van uh part in California? I don't think he's read it.
7: <laughs> That's for later. Yeah. Yeah, sometime when he's like forty. But, yeah, exactly. But you know, I had to get down there because you never know when you're going to like pass away and not have your story written. And for me, that's an important part of our history. Um, But what you don't know, Glenn, it was just a year ago, my son almost died.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
7: That was a really scary time where he got a bacterial infection that ended up setting up an abscess, a staph abscess inside his spinal
0: canal. Oh, that's not good.
7: And, And that puts life into another perspective because there's an unwritten law. Your kids don't die before you. Right. So that really brought full circle how important it is that you kind of just make sure the family knows who you are and that you know who they are, and you try and get something going here. So the book is to him. The book is to anybody who's ever had a reading disability or some sort of uh, thing that they had to surmount or they didn't believe in themselves that they could be something more. And that's what it's all about in a very easy-to-read an entertaining uh, thing if you like horses, but even if you don't like horses, it should be okay. Really. Oh,
0: I I agree, and you know this is not a book about equine dentistry. Let's, let's not, at you, yeah, not at all. Not at all. No, this is a book about life, and mm-hmm. I you know I really really did like it. I, you know I, I recommend this book to anybody. It's called "Since the Days of the Romans: My Journey of Discovering a Life with Horses." Uh, Jeff Tucker. We'll put a link to it in the show notes for today. I'm going to post it on Facebook. It's still We're available at Amazon. It's I don't think it's that much money on Amazon. Probably. Well, I know uh, I
7: don't get much money. So I, I I have yet to see a nickel from Amazon. Don't oh really. Don't even go there. Can you order it on your website? Um, just get it through Amazon. Okay. If you order for me, I gotta buy a hundred of them yeah, and then okay. send them out. And
0: I got number ninety-seven. I think. By the but, way, yeah, uh, it's number ninety-seven. Yeah,
7: yeah. Um, but if you do get it from Amazon, you like it. Write a review.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm going to write a review on there for you. Reviews definitely. really help. And this will definitely go on our, our books for the holidays, Christmas list. Oh, Glenn, so I'm so, no, Thank you so much. No, it definitely will, because I, I think anybody would enjoy this, especially a horse person. Beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Nice. Tucker, and thanks for coming nice out and uh, helping Jennifer's horse and my little pony. Thanks, guys. I the little shovel maker. And what's the website, Dr. Tucker? It's The Equine
7: Practice. It's three words, T-H-E, the, the equinepractice.com and everything that I do is you can go to from there.
0: The equinepractice.com. Thanks. Mm, bye. Well, it was so good to catch up with Dr. Tucker and actually to see him work for the first time. And he did such a great job with Jennifer's horse, which he said probably hadn't. And Jennifer knew this. That horse that she just got, the big thoroughbred, probably hadn't had his teeth done in five years.
1: Well, that was a question. I know that she had said he had his, his wolf teeth pulled and yeah. there was a lot of filing to be done. Wow. Do you know he had his work cut out for him? The
0: only thing he actually he uses, you know, as we talked about, he uses all he doesn't use power tools, all hand tools, and but what he does is he's very patient. He's kind of like a dentist whisperer. Mm. Uh, He's so patient, and he he'll he'll file for a little bit and then take a five minute break, and the horse just hangs out with him, puts his. I mean, Nigel was just putting his head on his arm. Uh, Now, no drugs. (sighs) So nice. The only point where he gave him a little bit of painkillers was when he pulled his wolf teeth, and then he gave him a little bit of painkillers, but uh, that was it. And I mean, and then he did the pony, my hackney pony, uh, scooter. He he had just the been Becca. done a couple months ago, but still had some sharp points that the uh, vet missed. Yeah. So Doctor Tucker did those without any, with the hackney, did those without any sedation. And the pony just trusted him. I got to tell you, it's amazing to watch when somebody has that kind of rapport.
1: I have seen that. My own horses get done by hand with a very chill dentist. And it's like, no big deal. You know, they put the file in there. They do this, do that. And the horse is relaxed to begin with, which... I think it's just like people. When you're relaxed, you experience less tension and therefore less pain. The dentist can do their job without having to strong arm the patient. And, you know, I mean, they're filing teeth. They're not cutting nerves open and stuff. Yes, things can happen. You know, there's the gums that are sensitive and so oh, forth. Oh, and he
0: but- had ulcers. Nigel had ulcers on both sides.
1: Oh, poor thing. So he
0: bled, you know, because they ruptured. Um, so he bled uh, a little bit from from both sides, actually. But yeah, the, you, is, you think
1: about the the, the horse's pain tolerance, oh, yeah. right? It's the tension that gets them and the anxiety. So you have a guy like Dr. Tucker. Oh, I'm just my heart's. When like, he
0: got the second ulcer on the other side, just you know because he was filing over there, it, it ruptured. Yeah. Um, Nigel left out the biggest sigh. Oh, it was just the biggest sigh. And now he's been eating so much better. So, you know, get your get your horse's teeth done, people.
1: Seriously, (laughs) don't don't put
0: it off because it just it just causes problems. Mm. He's so much happier now. So that was all good. All good stuff. Thanks, Dr. Tucker, for stopping by. Well, for details about today's show, go to StableScoop.com and also the app. We talked about it earlier in the show. You can get it iOS or Android and look for the updates when they come out here very shortly. Search Horse Radio Network in the App Store.
1: Don't forget to log on next week for another episode of Stable Scoop. Of course, Glenn and I have absolutely no idea what the show is going to be.
0: We're going to talk a little bit about Rolex. We'll have come back from Rolex.
1: (laughs) That'll be for sure. But you know what? You never know what we're going to get up to. So we can't really, you know, there will be stories. There will will be adventure. And of course, we'll be chatting about it. And you know what? Don't forget to get in touch with us because we love our listeners. We love your feedback. Follow us on Facebook. Send us email. You can reach me at Helena at Horseradionetwork.com and tell us your thoughts. We really do like to hear from you.
0: And we appreciate everybody that's been emailing about uh, liking the Year of the Listener and listening to other listeners. It seems to be going over very well, and we really appreciate that.
1: And I think that's it. We're We're done. done. That's it. Like I I said, we have to get out of here. (laughs) What you have to get? Yeah, I know. I got to go groom my other horse now. That's it. But there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping.